0: Blog talk Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today. She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shayna Thornton.
2: Well, good Tuesday evening, everyone, and welcome to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shayna, and I welcome you to a show for literally everyone. This show is for all communities out there. We keep you informed. As our tagline says, we offer real talk for real people. Well, it is Tuesday. It is November the 17th, 2015, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are live in your ear, and we are excited and honored that you are with us. Now, there has been a lot going on since our last airing of our show Last Tuesday night Our signature in the news Will cover the deadly terrorist attacks in Paris, okay? And we will also cover some other top trending news. Also, the topic for tonight's show segment is adoption and 2015 and we have one amazing expert guest with us. We have the one and only D Shahadi She will join me in just minutes to break everything down about adoption, okay? So you certainly want to stick with us. This is one informative and educational show segment. We also have celebrity softball, great Jenny Fed. She joins me to talk about a very important health concern. And lastly, speaking of our health, we are already in the midst of the flu season. And we have with us Dr. Nina Shapiro, a world-renowned pediatrician, talking about keeping our kids safe for this season, okay? All the germs and everything going on out there. So, she speaks with me one-on-one. So, we have one comprehensive show for you tonight. Stay with us. Let all of your family and friends and colleagues know that you are tuned in to LTA Radio right now. Okay, Message them and one quick way is to hashtag LTA Radio, all caps on your various social media outlets. If you're on Instagram sharing a photo or tweeting right now on Twitter, please hashtag LTA Radio. Do let others know you are tuned in live to us. Alright, everyone? Hey, and if you want to find out more information about the show as I'm speaking, please visit our website. It is one convenient stop at www.letstalkamerica with Com. Again, that easy-to-remember website is www.letstalkamerica with Thornton.com. Alright, everyone, we're talking about adoption. We're talking about Jenny Finch, the world-renowned, of course, softball great, and we're also talking about your kids' health. One great show tonight. It's gonna keep you informed. Hey, we're ready to kick it off. LTA Radio is in your ear. Let's get it. Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thorpe. Hi.
3: My name is Kavarda, and I listen to Let's Talk America.
0: Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 730 to Let's Talk America with host Shana
3: Thornton. This is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. This
0: is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be.
1: We need you. If you have room in your heart, home, and family for children in need, we need you. If you can be committed to a child and provide the care and guidance that a child must have to grow, we need you. We need you to give a child a home. There are an estimated 638,000 children who are confirmed victims or child abuse and neglect each year in the United States. In Georgia, 14,418 children came through the foster care system in 2014. There are an 200 incidents of child abuse and neglect reported daily in Georgia and on any given day about 8,000 children are in the foster care system. So why not become a foster parent? New Beginnings Life Changing Network is searching for foster parents that would like to have a chance to empower the life of a child in the state of Georgia. New Beginnings is an Atlanta-based foster care agency dedicated to servicing Georgia's foster children in need. Our agency strives to strengthen youth and their families by providing them with a chance at a new beginnings while encouraging them to make positive life-changing decisions despite their current situation. Becoming a foster parent with new beginnings is a rewarding experience. As a foster parent, you will have to access support and resources, monthly foster parent training, 24-hour emergency assistance, and in-home case management services. Families helping families. That's what foster parenting is all about. Abused and neglected children in Georgia need foster parents who make a positive difference in their lives. Remember, you don't have to be a perfect to be a perfect parent. We need you. For further information on how to become a foster parent, please contact New Beginnings Life Changing Network at 404-298-0888. Please also visit our website at www.nbn. Fostercare
3: Are you looking for a company to install a security system in your home or business? Are you currently paying someone too much to monitor your existing security system? Look no further. Just call Alarm Monitoring Service of Atlanta toll free at eight four four GET AMSA for as low as eighteen ninety five a month. AMSA security is fast, reliable, and rated A plus by the Better Business Bureau every year. That's toll-free, 844-GET-AMSA. Or go to amsasecurity.com and get your first three months free, along with a free home consultation. Use promo code MARCO or call Marco Robinson directly at 678-979-6744 to schedule a site visit absolutely free.
2: A special thanks to all of our national partners and sponsors. Your support is everything. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I did not mention and thank all of our weekly listeners. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. And also, thank you for telling your family, friends, and colleagues all about this show, Your Family Radio Talk Show. If this is your first time listening in, we welcome you, and we encourage you to join us again next week, next Tuesday, same time, same place, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, okay? This is your show, a show for every community out there. We're News Talk with Substance. Well, speaking of the news, let's turn our sights to global news. We're set to kick off In the News for the week of November the 17th, 2015. And just a friendly reminder, of course, In the News offers a televised version. The show has collaborated with SCB Channel 182 out of Georgia. You can visit our website at with Com to see us on television, okay? Well, we're set to kick it off now on the show. In the News. French respond to deadly attacks. French fighter jets recently bombed a series of ISIS sites in Syria on Sunday, November the 15th, two days after a series of deadly terrorist attacks in Paris. On Friday, November the 13th, three teams of terrorists carried out attacks at six separate sites in the French city using seven suicide bombs. Eighty-nine people were killed at a concert hall where terrorists triggered explosives, and fired shots during a musical performance. Other victims were killed at a soccer stadium and at cafes. ISIS has claimed responsibility for the horrific attacks, which France's president described as an act of war. The fatal attacks killed at least a total of 129 people and seriously wounded more than 350 individuals. Authorities have already made a number of arrests linked to the attacks. In the news, Manning breaks record. NFL Denver Broncos quarterback Peyton Manning has achieved what no other person has done. The quarterback entered the November the 15th game against the Kansas City Chiefs just three yards short of Brett Favre's all-time career passing yards. With a four-yard pass, Manning took over this top spot, earning him the distinct recognition. Denver did go on to lose the game 29-13. Peyton Manning does remain tied with Favre for most career wins by quarterback. Both are at 186 career wins. And finally, in the news tonight, Democrats take center stage again. Democratic presidential candidates Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and Martin O'Malley took the stage at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, for their second debate. Discussion focused on terrorism and foreign policy following the terror attacks in Paris. The candidates disagreed over Wall Street practices, campaign finance, and gun control. Hillary Clinton continues to lead the Democratic presidential field. Now, the Republican debate took place earlier last week. Let's Talk America Radio spoke with political commentator and writer Amanda Gutterman recently about the latest in politics. Take a listen to this exclusive interview. Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. Uh, It is Tuesday, and we are in the news. And as you may know, of course, that the uh, Republican side of the House just held a primary debate this past Tuesday. Right now, I have on with me Amanda Gutterman. She is Flint News Editorial Director. She's seen all over the tube and other media outlets. Welcome to Let's Talk America, Amanda. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. Now, let's dive right into it. Uh, What are your thoughts about the debate that took place this past Tuesday night? What did you give it in terms of a grade? Uh,
0: As far as how the moderators performed, I would say a lot better than last time. I would give them a solid A minus. As far as the candidates, nothing very interesting happened, so I would say a much lower grade. Um, There are two candidates who are kind of joke candidates, they're leading the polls, but people aren't sure whether the GOP would actually allow them to be the nominee, because it might affect their branding. Those are Trump and Carson. And then we have Rubio and, you know, Cruz or Bush, depending on what you think, who are the quote-unquote serious candidates?
2: Rubio emerged ahead, Cruz was ascendant, and it looks like Bush is dead in the water. You know, I want to talk about uh, Jeb Bush, if you will. Uh, And you said, from your perspective, that quote-unquote he's dead in the water. You know, do you think he can recover from this? Because from the Many critics out there, they're saying he didn't have a stellar performance. Many were waiting on him to have that breakout moment. It hasn't happened seemingly yet, although he seemed to think that he did a great job at the debate. So he's saying, you know, do you think it's really over for him or he can come back, despite not that great or spectacular debate performances?
0: You know, all Jeff Bush did this debate was fail to enormously mess up previous one, he did enormously mess up, and Rubio called him out for it. He suddenly went after Rubio, who was his old mentee in Florida, attacking his performance in Congress, and Rubio said, I don't know who on your campaign is telling you to say this about me, but someone's clearly doing a job on you. Okay. And, uh, and and Bush was speechless. He had nothing to say to that, because Rubio point, pointed out that Bush feels packaged. He feels handled and managed. Uh, he's not the kind of authentic-feeling, dynamic candidate that people are looking for in a race that includes folks like Trump and Carson.
2: Let's jump to the two main front runners for the Republican side, Amanda. And we are talking about, of course, uh, Dr. Ben Carson and Donald Trump. Dr. Ben Carson been in the news a lot lately. Uh, there have been sources, media sources, as he would point out, who have been scrutinizing his life story. Uh, do you think there's anything to this, or do you think uh, this is something that's being blown out of proportion? In other words, did he make some of this up from your perspective?
0: I mean, some high points in his life story from my perspective are his previous support of Planned Parenthood and his statement in 2004 that, quote, the economy is always better under Democrats. Um, he has all kinds of things as part of his record, whether that's lying about his money, whether that's the bankruptcy is sure, but he also has been on both sides of the aisle, and people people fail to recognize that sometimes. I don't necessarily know if he would be a candidate that the Republican, um, that the Republican Party would allow to be their nominee because it, it would really mess with their branding.
2: Okay. Uh, speaking of their branding, though, if they like it or not, it seems like Donald Trump is still in the picture. He hosted Saturday Night Live recently. Uh, do you think some of this will eventually uh, fizzle away, um, or is this going to be a shock for everybody, that there may be a gentleman who's never held office before taking the White House? Well, that, that's
0: happened before, right? So Reagan was an actor before he was in the White House, so that wouldn't be... But
2: he, But he was the governor of, of California, though.
0: It's true. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible. I think at the end of the day, Trump's popularity hasn't decreased, everyone's been expecting it to, but it hasn't. At the end of the day, it's up to the Republican Party to decide whether they want to put him forward as their nominee. Okay. And that's something that all the popularity in the world doesn't have the final decision on.
2: Okay, that's a good point. The voters decide in the end. Uh, Let me ask you this before we leave. Let's go to the other Al talking about Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Uh, Bernie Sanders seems like the fizzle is beginning to uh, downfall some. Uh, Do you think Think there's any possibility he uh, could beat Hillary Clinton uh, for the Democratic nomination, or it's pretty much wrapped up for her.
0: Frankly, no. I think it's wrapped up, and I think at this point, it's just a question of will Bernie Sanders supporters okay. able to be converted to Clinton supporters?
2: If Hillary Clinton is to uh, be the nomination from the Democratic side of the House, and from your opinion, it looks like it's pretty much wrapped up, and others, many others agree with that. Uh, what does she have to do now? Because obviously then she's crew sailing into a general election that may very well be a very tough fight for whoever ends up in it. What does she have to do right Amanda?
0: She has to win over young people. She has to win over the Bernie Sanders voters. She has to figure out a way to attract millennials, to work social media, to come across as authentic and interesting. Otherwise, people are bored of her name and they're not going to come out to the polls on Election Day. She has to find a new way to motivate people and to grab people's interest.
2: Wow. So, in other words, you're saying the competition for her, to a large degree, is within herself, her branding.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And it's up to the strategist on her team to figure out a way to do
2: this. Wow. Amanda Gutterman, we are excited to have you on as your debut appearance here on Let's Talk America. And I know we're going to have you back much more because amazing information. Before you leave us, uh, tell us about uh, Slant and, and let us know how we can connect with you. Absolutely. So, it's at www.slantnews.com. It's a
0: crowdsourced journalism platform where anybody can log in through Facebook, write a story using any kind of multimedia you want. When you press submit, it goes to our newsroom of editors who edit it and package it to perform as well as possible on social media. Then you get a link in your email to share as much as possible. We'll help share it too. And you get 70% of the revenue from advertising on your stories. Wow. Sustainable way to help save the world of journalism and to, especially for younger writers and journalists, help folks build up their portfolios of professionally published work without having to take on unpaid internships or write for free.
2: Oh, great information, Amanda. Thank you. And we'll have you back on, okay? Well, everyone, that wraps up our In the News for this week. But do stay tuned in to Let's Talk America Radio because we keep you informed with the top trending issues that matter. Well, right now, keeping with tradition of the show, we'll move right along to our quote of Today. And the quote tonight comes from poet Dr. Maya Angelou, who once said, try to be a rainbow in someone's cloud. Try to be a rainbow in someone's cloud. You know, there is a lot going on right now around the world with some critical news stories, and I would just encourage everyone to try to stay and remain as hopeful as possible, okay? So there is a lot. I certainly acknowledge that, and it's very tough dealing with a lot of the global and local news that comes Out, but try to be a rainbow in someone's cloud, okay? Let's keep pushing ahead as much as possible to rid this world of senseless violent acts on innocent people. Okay? So hey, we're gonna keep moving forward. Let's talk America Radio is in your ear. And tonight we're putting the spotlight on adoption in 2015. I am no expert. But I have a special exclusive guest tonight that is, and she's going to share all of her knowledge with us, because awareness is powerful. So right now, I would encourage you again to message all of your family, friends, colleagues, and neighbors, and let them know that we're discussing a very important topic tonight on Let's Talk America Radio. If you are thinking, I am not interested in adoption, that has nothing to do with the information we're talking about tonight. Perhaps you have a family or friend that may be interested, and after all, you never know know where you may be led in a few years or perhaps at another point in your life, okay? So do stick with us. Information can be a one excellent asset for everyone out there, okay? Also, hashtag LTA Radio right now. Let them know we have a very important conversation about adoption. You should know that according to the Congressional Coalition on Adoption Institute, over 100,000 kids. Are eligible for Adoption here in the U.S. alone. All right, that's enough on my end. I'm going to bring my exclusive guest in right now, the one and only D. Shahadi. Let's Talk America Radio is set to kick off an important conversation right now.
3: Hi, my name is Kezia Alford. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's K-E-Z-I-A-A-L-S-O-R-D.com. Or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses your soul, and you are currently listening to Let's Talk America with Strain of
2: Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shayna Thornton. It is Tuesday night, and we are putting the spotlight on adoption in 2015. Adoption in 2015, of course, this topic touches uh, literally everyone. If it's not your family, it's your neighbors, it's your cousin, someone perhaps at work, a colleague, everyone uh, knows someone that has been a part of the adoption process, if it wasn't uh, their family member that gave the Baby uh, to an adoption agency or through the government uh, infrastructure, if you will. Uh, They knew someone that adopted, and it's a great opportunity if it's right for you. I'm no expert on it, but right now I have a woman that is. She has spent years um, in the uh, area, working in the area, if you will. And right now she's the celebrated executive director of Crystal Adoptions. I have Dee Shahadi on with me. Dee, welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. How are you this Tuesday night? I am great. How are you, doing, Gina? I am wonderful, excited, and honored to have you on with us. It's your uh, first, uh, your debut on uh, Let's Talk America Radio. And adoption is a very important topic, and I think it needs to be something that people really understand. Because, I believe there are a lot of myths out there about adoption. We've done a, a, a story, or rather, we've done a show on a foster care. And the social worker that was with us kept saying there is a difference. And I'm glad to have you on to further explain it. Now, right now, first obvious question, explain what adoption is. Because I'm not sure a lot of people know. They may think, well, you know, they had custody of their niece for four or five months, they adopted them, and then they gave them back. Tell us, from your professional perspective, what it is. Wow,
0: that's a big, big question. Um Adoption is actually it's a process first, and then it ends with the finalization. And, and the, usually the misconception is once the child is in your arms, you've adopted a child, and that's really not the way it is. Okay. Um, it is a, it's a process that usually will take a family, um, wow, well, from time to they get it in the arm, their baby in their arms, to the time that they actually adopt it, it will still take six about six to eight months.
2: Wow. So adoption is a
0: very long process, yeah. And and um in the meantime you have to have to be with the agency. So um having a girl decide that she wants to place a child with you is just the beginning.
2: Okay. It's
0: a it's a very long process. So and I hate to say that like that and not give you a definition. Okay.
2: But, no, I mean, I think that's important because I do think there are some people out there who say, you know, oh, they went to the hospital, if you will, or, you know, they uh, met with a social worker or an agency like yours, Dee, and and they have the baby, and it's their baby, and they're adopted, and it's all done. And you're saying, wait a minute, it's not that straightforward. You may have custody of the child, if you will, but there are no complete official legal papers saying they're the legal guardian, Right. Definitely. Right. Okay. Wow. And we know, um, and I'm just saying this as a parent, that when you don't have full parental rights, that changes a lot of things, I would imagine.
0: Yeah. It okay. does. It does. And custody is one thing, and guardianship is another
2: thing. Okay.
0: Okay. As guardianship, you know, you can get that from your neighbor. Here, I'm going to go on vacation. You're watching my child. Okay. Neighbor. Now... You know,
2: custody is different. I know you work with adoption and not foster care, but briefly for everyone that doesn't work in the areas, how does it differ from foster care adoption?
0: Well, foster care is with the understanding that you're either going to be reunited, reunited with your family or you're going to be placed in an adoptive situation. Okay. Adoption is a clear cut. It's, you're going into a new family. Okay. There will be a legal process to terminate rights by the parent. So, um, and. Georgia is very much um, a a state that tries to get the families reunited, so even up to the time of going to court and saying, okay, we're going to do an adoption, they're usually still trying to find a family
2: member. Because oh, they want wow. the child with the family. I see. So ideally, I would imagine. I know it probably varies from state to state, but you're saying Georgia, of course, where Let's Talk America airs out of in Atlanta metropolitan, and I'm sure there are probably other states similar to Georgia. Um, and not saying that's always a bad thing, just from my perspective. No, not, not yeah, that that in the foster care system, um, if it's appropriate, I guess they typically try to keep the children with uh, some sort of birth relative, right? Is that what we're saying? Right. Exactly. Okay. You know, it's 2015. I'm sure adoption or the face of adoption perhaps is not what it looked like 70 years ago. And our grandparents, Generation D, who adopts today in the U.S.? Well
0: lots of women that have gone through infertility treatment and all of that stuff, and, and we do a majority of our couples do come from that. But, you know, it's uh, professional women who never got married, but okay. that are single, but they still want a family. Um, we even have a professional men. I've actually helped a man adopt, um, okay. although it's harder.
2: <laughs> okay, it is. Oh, okay. Uh, definitely
0: harder. Um, and we have uh, a lot of gay couples now because of, of marriage, you know, the gay marriage and stuff makes okay. it easier for them. So, um,
2: but yeah, it's pretty diverse now. You know, Dee, I know you are very passionate about placing children with loving parents. I know that that's your heart. From your opinion, why is it so critical for families and individuals to at least consider adoption? Now, we know adoption, foster care, even having children, even through birth, is not for everyone, and that's okay. But I know it's near and dear to your heart to make sure that kids find good homes. You know, why is that so important for families to at least consider it as an option?
0: Well, you know, we always, throughout the years, it's always been the, what do you call it, the last resort Okay. Infertility. Yes. Um, And because of that, there's a lot of grieving that has to go through, um, and people don't realize that. They need to grieve the idea that they can't have children of their own. Okay. It causes sometimes a placement of a child where, you know, there's almost resentment there. Yes, I'll take care of you, but um, I really wish you were my own, and now I'm still hoping I can have my own. And so there's still that. You know, we want our children to have families who absolutely love them and, and have always wanted them to be there. And so it's awesome to us when we have a family come in and say, you know, yeah, we've had some problems, but rather than spending our money on infertility treatments, which are expensive, we'd rather put our money towards adoption and and give a home to a child who's already here, or uh, give them a better situation.
2: Wow, we're talking we're talking about adoption tonight with an expert. We're talking to Dee Shahadi. She is the executive director of Crystal Adoption that operates out of Atlanta metropolitan in Georgia, where Let's Talk America Radio airs from. We're thankful and grateful for all of our national and international listeners because this is a national show, and we're so honored to have Dee on with us. You know, Dee, I want to touch on two things that you talked about that often does not come up. One, you touched on um, the reality that there are some women and men that have fertility concerns, okay, and that um, can be life, obviously, for um, human beings, some human beings, if you will. And you said something that I've never really heard anybody verbalize so eloquently, that sometimes there is a grieving process that takes place when a woman or man man um, is given the information from the medical world that they uh, will not be able to uh, conceive or uh, give birth to a child from their body. And you're saying sometimes they need to, I guess, step back and grieve and allow that time to take place before someone says, hey, I can't have a child, let me go right into adoption. You're saying that needs to be a serious decision that's thought out and address any sort of grieving concerns, Right.
0: Oh, definitely, and not sometimes, every time. Okay. You know, I, I think that people don't realize they need to grieve, and um, you're, what you're doing is grieving the loss of a child you will never have.
2: Okay. It's
0: just like grieving the loss of a child you did have.
2: Wow. I've never heard it okay. put that way, but, you are I mean, to me it sounds logical. You're right. It, it's a process, and maybe there needs to be counseling, maybe not, but you're saying definitely grieve. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. And we even have, you know, the families that come in, and
0: say, so, you know, well, I always wanted to have a child to I own. I always wanted a little girl I could dress and everything. That person hasn't always grieved. You know, they're looking for something and they want to replace
2: them. Yes. No
0: child wants to be a replacement.
2: Okay. You know, they want powerful. to
0: be the thing, you know?
2: Powerful, so, powerful. Yeah, you know, I want to ask you another question. You talked about the expenses of adoption, and I know it can vary from state to state, even maybe from nation to nation, and even maybe from individual to individual, being the agency or the birth mom or, or birth father. But, you know, how expensive can adoption get, right? I'm sure it can be from a few hundred dollars to, I mean, how far is skyrocketed can we go, Dee, exactly?
0: Well, I've I've seen it anywhere from $500 to $50,000. Wow.
2: i seen it
0: all over the place, and there was an agency that was charging that, and part of it was just marketing fees, which was absolutely ridiculous. Okay. You know, $10,000 for marketing fees and all the rest of Wow, options. So, um, you know, there's agencies out there that are not monitoring how much they're spending in different areas. Okay. And then there are a lot of expenses that do come up that agencies aren't you know, they're
1: not trying to get your money. They're actually using it for for, for valid reason. Okay. A
0: lot of our fees go to counseling and um, trying to make sure that the mom has some of the things that she needs that maybe the family can't cover. So, you know, there's uh, and there's. Um attorney fees and, you know, caseworker fees and all sorts of stuff going on down there. So there's a lot of things you need to know about the fees before you jump in and go, this is too expensive. Okay. The average, though, is twenty five to 35000 across the United States right
2: now. Okay. And I would imagine, Dee, that you would agree to this because we have had many different experts come in, especially in the medical field, who say, you know what, if you question anything with your health, and I know we're talking about finances of adoption, but they're saying, ask for a breakdown, give the details, right? Just just like if you're in that doctor's oh, yeah. office, hey, don't be afraid to ask the questions of, you know, I may have to pay $25,000, which is a lot of money here, but saying, right. tell me exactly what is it for, right, to make sure that it's going towards what they're comfortable with.
0: Yeah, totally. And you know, the thing that I tell my families a lot, I used to do consulting with adoption before I did adoption agency, and I used to tell my families, ask because if you got an agency that won't tell you that, you shouldn't be working with that agency. Mm, powerful. Full disclosure, you know. You powerful.
2: That, you know. Transparency. You know, okay. I said transparency. Yeah, exactly, transparency. You know, Dee, right now I want to talk about one of your special initiatives that um, has really intrigued me. And it's titled, I want to make sure I get it right. Is it Project Doorstep, right? Yes. Exactly. Well, tell me what this is all about because this is such a unique option um, that just, again, intrigues me. Well,
0: Project Doorstep is an initiative that we have to you know, help in the Georgia area with the girls that are in a crisis mode where they need to, they can't parent and they need to do something and the options are just not there for them. Uh, Crisis mode meeting, you know, maybe they're being abused or maybe they're in their their home and their dad finds out and they're going to get killed because of it or whatever, we want to make sure that they have a place to go. Now, there's the drop box, quote-unquote, if everybody's seen the movie. This is an actual location. It's at the end of the Marta station. We will pick you up any place in the metro area anyway, and um, and we will bring you to the home and help you fill out the paperwork. Within, you know, 24 hours, your child will be placed in a loving home with an adoptive family that we have prepared. All of our families are prepared to go at a moment's notice to, to have a in their home and adopt, so this is a place for them to come and one of the other reasons that we have it is because these girls that are delivering, who maybe are, you know, putting their child in a trash can or doing it in the bathroom okay, and what to do next, um, don't have the kind of knowledge that they need about pregnancy, yeah. there to help sure, make sure they don't need to go to a doctor now, okay. they're bleeding too much or whatever, so it's a whole concept
2: of together. I'm sure a lot of these young women, if you will, and a young man, if they're involved with them, or, and maybe they're not necessarily all so young, but I'm sure they're operating out of fear, right, and desperation in a sense, and you are offering a service and an environment where they're taking all of that judgment away and saying, let's just make sure that they're okay and the baby,
0: Exactly, and you know the the thing is, is that uh, there's no judgment here. We okay. we are not that kind of an agency. Okay. Someone's going to hold your hand. Someone's going to make you understand what we're doing, and how how you can process your future without being terrified that we're that there's a defect involved or the police are involved or anything like that. And um, you can come and get information, and you can have someone walk you through the process without judgment. And you said that... We're here to make sure you're safe.
2: Okay. Make sure you're safe. And you said that you have families already set up to sort of for the child to go into the home. I'm assuming those are families that you've already screened, that already have been through the different steps through your program, right? Right. Okay. They have home studies. That means they've got fingerprints done. They've got, you know, they've
0: been run through to make sure there's no problems with uh, child abuse. Okay. All of the things that we normally do for an adoption, they're completely Done. You know, and, right.
2: uh, okay, so that that's done, but I'm sure they have to still go through the same process where you say it can take up to six months for it to be official?
0: Right. Okay. Well, you know, that's the, when they have a home study and they have a child in their home, they sign an at-risk statement saying that they understand that they've got to do certain things or the child will be taken back from them. And be okay. Them.
2: Okay. Well, so it's... But they have to go through a process, and then they, they do post-placement reports where we come in and
0: check out and make sure the child's okay and, you know, that the family's doing what they're supposed to do, and then at the end it's finalized by a judge. So they could, the child can be placed within 24 hours of okay. the new home.
2: So, the, the, the continued process with the legal checks is still there, even with this amazing initiative titled Project Doorstep. Congratulations to you and your team, D. Again, it's Tuesday. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Again, it's Tuesday night. You are listening to the national award winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. We're putting the spotlight on adoption in 2015. I have on with us right now, live, Crystal Adoptions Executive Director, D. Shahadi. She is uh, informing us of so much uh, great information, real talk for real people, questions that you all want answered. Now, I want to touch on something that you talked about a few minutes ago, Dee, and it's your agency's mission uh, to not judge the birth parents or the potential adopted parents. Now, as you know, there are alternative um agencies that operate somewhat different in terms of placement. And not saying that they judge, I know that's a very strong word and, and I'm not saying they do or they don't. Um but screening applicants may differ from um your requirements. Why do it your way in twenty fifteen?
0: Well you know it's, I guess it's not about judging so much as it's about just accepting that our lives now, our, our, the whole United States, or I guess the whole world now, is so diverse now. We have, okay. um, you know, white people with um, Hispanic children with okay. uh, gay families, and we have, um, you know, huge families, and we have tiny families. And, you know, it's just so diverse. Okay. Everybody, you know. And that's good. And and what we do is, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but the girls choose the families now. It's not like when we were a and you just put a a child in a home. Uh, The girls get little profiles of the family and they get to choose. Oh, okay. We we accept everyone because we know it's the girl's choice. And if a girl, we just had this, a girl came in and said, I want a gay couple. Okay, well, let me show you all the profiles I have of the gay couples and you choose one. So it's not up to us, it's up to them what they want.
2: Wow. how has adoption evolved in the last 10 to 15 years? I know the face of it, you're saying, has changed with the diversity of the United States and the world. But in terms of the process, briefly, how has that evolved? Has it become more uh, paperwork in a sense? Are they doing better uh, background screenings and legal checks, D? Oh, yeah, all of the
0: above. But I think the most that it's changed is the fact that um, it's so much less um, What's the word I'm looking for? Where people are ashamed. There's no shame in okay. anymore as it used to be. Um, the girls, you know. It is what it is, and uh, the girls come in, and they say, you know, we say, let's fix it for you, and then let's try to figure out what we can do from here. The girls are very involved. Like I said, they choose the families. They decide whether they want an open adoption or a semi-open adoption okay. option. And that is a big deal because it used to be where you'd drop off your child. You had no idea where they ended up.
2: Wow. And now,
0: it, you know, you can actually be involved in the family. We've got anything from uh, the girl walking away never seeing the family again to, to being um, invited for birthday parties and stuff. So,
2: wow. Wow. It's very
0: interactive now, so and it's just different. If There's a difference in the feel of it. And the children, that's what's constantly, that's the good thing, is the children grow up feeling like adopting isn't such an awful thing that you were adopted. Okay. It's a, you know, just
2: a way of life. Wow, and you're right. I think we have heard the stories in the news or movies have uh, dramatized, if you will. I'm not sure how much of it is has been accurate because, you know, sometimes movies that's take right. liberties <laughs> to uh, make situations. Yeah, exactly. We have to remember that. It's Hollywood. In a sense, Um, but where you know, you see someone that was adopted 70 years ago and they had no idea where they came from, and you're saying now the paper trail, the paperwork, the legal process is, uh, I guess, in a way where someone can find out that information, right. Oh yeah, and in Georgia, you actually sign a paper that says, um,
0: you know, that you consent or not consent to having your child find you after the age of 21. Oh wow. So you actually tell them where you you know, where you live and what your last information was, so that the child can come back and look. Wow. It's
2: called
0: the adoption reunion registry.
2: Wow, amazing. You know,
0: and Georgia has it implemented. It goes in with the paperwork immediately, so everybody who places a child knows that their child could find
2: them later if they want. Mm, amazing information yeah. again. Yeah. Tuesday night, putting the spotlight on adoption, have the one and only. We have Dee Shahadi with us. She has worked in, uh, with adoption for years as a consultant now. She has her own agency. Again, that agency is Crystal Adoptions, where she's the executive director. You know, you have been uh, just a pearl of great information for us, Dee. Any lasting words of hope? Direction for those who may be frustrated with the adoption process at this point, because you lay it out on the line, you make it so straightforward. Great uh, wealth of information. You know, D. Just as I know, there are mothers and fathers, potential mothers and fathers out there that have been frustrated with the system. Maybe they don't have the twenty-five, thirty-five thousand uh, dollars. Maybe they have been told that they're going to receive a baby, and the young lady and the young man changed their mind on them. D. You know, and that has to be, I'm sure. a a process that's heartbreaking. I would only imagine it would be when you're looking forward to such a great opportunity of being a parent when you want to be a parent. You know, any lasting words of hope? We've got someone right now listening to your voice from Houston, Texas or they're listening from San Juan, Puerto Rico or they're listening uh, from Charleston, South Carolina and you know what? They've been waiting for three years in what they call the System D. Any words of hope?
0: Casework supervisor Donna Booth says all the time, she tells all of her families when she's doing home studies, the only way you want get a child is if you stop looking for a child. Oh wow. You need to find someone who believes in you and that's what we try to do with our agency. Find someone who believes in you and will do anything they can to
2: help you. Oh. That's,
0: that's important to find an agency that believes in you. And if that takes well, one through three different four different twenty different interviews to find an agency that okay. will do that do it. It is worth it.
2: Wow your corner. So. It is worth it to have someone in your corner. Powerful words of advice. Again, from the one and only Dee Shahadi, she's Executive Director of Crystal Adoptions. Hey, speaking of your agency, how can our national and international listeners learn more about you or your agency? Can they get in contact with you, Dee, to send you some questions if they have questions? Well, it's
0: uh, our website is HTTP, um, and it's I'm going to give you the whole thing here. It's crystaladoptions.com, it's C-R-Y-S, and it's adoptions with an S dot com. You can find us on that. You can always call us, everyone. Call my cell phone at 770-354-2376. Um, we get after until about 9 o'clock at night because we know people need it with uh, holidays and weekends. Um, and then you can just re- read about us and contact us, and we'll tell you more about it. So, And Project Doorstep is also online it's, uh, okay. at projectdoorstep.org.
2: So wow. find out more about our, our initiative here in Georgia. I love it. And you're accessible, giving your personal or business cell phone number. I love that. You've got the passion for it, Dee. Thank you for sharing all of this great information. Keep up the great work. Okay. Our, our children are our future. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you so much for even having us on. We we love
0: being
2: able to reach out to other people, and we appreciate you for doing that for us. It's our honor and our pleasure. What great information, again, from the one and only Dee Shahadi about adoption in 2015, where we are keeping along the path of gaining more information. Right now, celebrity softball great Jenny Fanchi joins me one-on-one to talk about a health concern.
1: Stay with us. Congratulations, on-air personality Shayna Thornton, on being named the recipient of the 2015 Bold Award in Human Dignity. Your journalistic work on spotlighting the leading topics and people of today makes a difference. Keep up the great work.
2: Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. Time Magazine called her the most famous woman to ever play softball. Jenny Finch is a former collegiate All-American, played on the professional level, and helped Team USA win gold and silver medals in 2004 and 2008 Olympics. Many of us remember that. She's a dedicated mom who lives with a chronic condition called atopic dermatitis, which is a serious form of anxiety. and many people, of course, have eczema. We're here to talk about it with Jenny Finch today and also acclaimed and celebrated board-certified dermatologist, Dr. Jenny Marese. Hopefully I got it right. How are you doing, ladies? Very well, thank you.
0: Good, thank
2: you. Thanks for joining us. I want to talk about it because eczema seems to be a word a lot of people throw around. Um, we hear that newborn babies can have it, a full-grown adult men. Jenny, what impact first? We're going to transition into more talking about eczema. But what impact? has sports in general had on uh, your entire life, the journeys that you've been through, because you're pretty well known and celebrated as an athlete.
0: You know, sports has had such a huge impact on my life. It's taught me lessons that have transcended way beyond the game and stick with me today as as a person, as a mother, as a friend. Things as teamwork, discipline, sacrifice, leadership, so many amazing skills and qualities that I've been able to learn through the sport. It's given me my, you know, self-esteem and confidence. I was you know, a big girl growing up. And so, so many benefits through sport that I've been able to experience
2: and and, gain from them. Wow. And you've been amazing at it. Of course, you've epitomized excellency on the athletic field very well. Let's transition talking about eczema. What effect or impact did the skin condition have on and off the softball field?
0: You know, I worked for it, but it can be very difficult at times. You know, when you're an athlete, you have to be at the top of your game. And it was just uh, a little string of diversity that I had to face. But i um, so thankful that I was able to, you know, find treatment. And that's why I'm excited to be partnered
3: with the American Academy of Dermatology, the
0: N Regeneron today to let people know that there is health and there is treatment.
2: Mm, I love it. Right now, we want to turn our attention to the dermatologist, Dr. say, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. What causes the disease of eczema?
0: that oftentimes family members, such as a mother, father, child, will have atopic dermatitis. It's actually very common. One out of every four children have atopic dermatitis. Wow.
2: Is that the only form of eczema, or does it vary?
0: That's a great question. So eczema is a very large term. It's an umbrella term describing many different conditions. Atopic dermatitis is a very stir or asthma, and that uh, genetic link is thought to be a, a very important component of the disease.
2: Is there a certain population or gender doctor who get atopic dermatitis?
0: Atopic dermatitis affects men and women equally. There are certain uh, races that are more predisposed, for example, African Americans it's more common as well as Filipino patients.
2: Thing they can do to help protect or prevent outbreaks? That's also an excellent question. So I think one of the most important things is to have a partner to work with in order to control your condition.
0: So if you go to the American Academy of Dermatology website, aad.org, you can find a dermatologist to help partner with you in order to keep the disease under control. There are many different uh, diagnostic options to look for triggers in your environment that could affect the condition, and also there's a wide variety of therapies. It's such an exciting time as a dermatologist to be able to offer therapy to patients that we
2: Great information. It's Tuesday night and we're talking about your health, eczema. We're talking about a topic, uh, dermatitis in particular. Uh, Doctor, before you leave us, uh, really quick, are there any symptoms to this uh, skin condition other than what we visually will see? Uh, Could it be itching, burning? I mean, anything that our many listeners should be aware of. to
0: having the condition is based on the location of where the itching occurs. So, Areas that you tend to sweat more, so around the neck, on the opposite side of the elbow, behind the knees, Um, eyelid skin also tends to be affected. Um, You know, if a person has hay fever, asthma, they may be more predisposed. And it is a very itchy skin condition. It can affect your ability to sleep and also really affect self-confidence sometimes.
2: Give us that website one more time. So it's aad.org, which is American Academy of Dermatology. Wow, thank you so much. Jenny Finch, take us home. What advice do you have for others who may have a chronic skin condition like this?
0: Like Dr. Marate said, find find help, find a dermatologist, get treatment, find a solution. Uh, You don't have to deal with this discomfort, the itchiness. And like Dr. said, it can so many things in your life, especially sleep. I know for me, it was a struggle when I did have sclera. So make sure you are being completely honest and upfront and let your dermatologist know what you're struggling with because there are solutions and treatments out there.
2: Wow, you don't have to suffer. Thank you so much, Dr. and Jenny. Keep up the great work in sharing this important health concern. What an informative conversation about our health. We're going to continue on the health track with Dr. Nina Shapiro. She's talking about our kids staying healthy this flu season and cold season. There's so much going around often for our kids, all right? Check it out. It's just a few minutes long. Stay with us, okay? We're almost done, and we do have an awesome musical selection for you at the very end of the show. LTA Radio is in your ear.
0: Leslie. I'm really enjoying the show. Let's Talk America keeps you in the know. Hi, my name is
3: Tina Harrell, and I just love listening to Shana Thornton on Let's
0: Talk America. It's wonderful. Please keep it going, Shana. Hi, I'm Yolanda, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Let's keep it going.
2: Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. It's Tuesday night, and we're putting the spotlight on health in particular. We're talking about our young people, our kids, our nieces, our neighbors, perhaps they're your students if you're a teacher or educator. You know, we're already several months into the school year. And I'm your kid or their friend have already gotten sick. Now, according to a recent survey of school nurses. The winter season is the worst for sickness, accounting for over 77% of nurse office visits. Now, winter's not here yet. We're in the midst of fall. Uh, But uh, you know there are ways that you can guard against germs for your child who goes to school, who goes to martial arts, who perhaps is in soccer or football. Um, And do you know how to prepare if uh, your kid does get sick? Uh, If you're like most moms and dads or aunts and uncles, sort of. uh, Maybe you can recognize they're not feeling well. But right now we have with us nationally recognized pediatrician, Dr. Nina Shapiro. Excuse me, She's here with us to give us some great help and guidelines. How are you this Tuesday night, Dr. Shapiro? Good, thanks. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for being with us. Now, I've got to know this. You know, as a mom, as an aunt, um, as a godmother, uh, you know, the kids uh, – seem fairly healthy, and then out of the blue, all of a sudden, doctor, they get that fever, there's that cough, and every parent knows what I'm talking about. When you hear the cough, at first you're not alarmed, but by the third or fourth time, you're like, oh, no. Why do kids seem to get sick so often?
3: So kids can get up to 10 colds per year, and most of these colds are in the fall and the winter months. So this is we're sort of in the heart of it. We're seeing it all the time. One of the most common reasons that kids get sick is Their hygiene, they really try. We teach them how to wash their hands. We teach them how to sneeze into the crook of their arms and then wash their hands. But their hygiene is still an issue. They pick their noses. They put their fingers (laughs) in their mouth. They don't realize it. And then they touch their friend's noses. Yes. papers or pencils at school. We teach them how to share, but they're also sharing their germs. Okay. So they, they live in these closed quarters of classrooms, and that's where all of the infections and the germs love to grow. So they spread very quickly.
2: Wow. So is there anything we can realistically do? You're a pediatrician. You've seen, I'm sure, thousands of kids, if not more. You know, when they're that toddler age, right, I know we have a diverse uh, range of parents listening in, but when they're two and three years old, of course we're saying, hey, make sure you wash your hand, uh, Nikki or Sarah or Robert, but they're two and three years old. They're probably doing it very quickly. Great teachers out there in early childhood development, Dr. Shapiro, but, you know, she, she or he cannot watch intensely every minute as they share their hands and, like you said, their noses and germs, all that neat, cute stuff, if you will.
3: Right. So we do try to teach them to wash their hands with soap, and one fun way to do that is perhaps teaching them that they need to sing Happy Birthday while they wash their hands, okay. maybe sing it twice. And that way they'll know that it actually takes a little bit of time to stay clean and get clean. (laughs) Um, They they obviously can't wash their hands all day, Okay. You want to
2: teach that. And now I want to touch on something else that um, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I know I've heard other uh, doctors, um, not just pediatricians, but internalists, all of them, uh, really encourage the flu shot because, as you know, uh, the flu shot is among us. The American Academy of Pediatrics has updated their guidelines for flu shots of vaccinations this season. What is that all about?
3: So I do recommend the flu shot. I've received the flu shot. My kids have received the flu okay. shot. So I absolutely recommend it. And the new guideline is that if your child, who is between ages six months and eight years, has never had a flu shot this season, they actually need to get two doses
2: of the shot. Oh, wow. So two doses, is, that, okay. is, is the other one like a booster shot, if you will?
3: It's sort of like a booster. um, They're given about a month apart um, and, and that just will sort of boost up their immunity if they've never seen the flu shot before, so it's just sort of an extra dose to get them
2: protected for this coming season. Now, Dr. Shapiro, I have an important question that's on my mind and lots of moms and dads that I know. You know, there are some, obviously, who you say, hey, I'm all about keeping my kid protected with the vaccinations, but is it ever too early? I mean, I know we're in November now. When is a good time to get vaccinated? Because you, we say, hey, we get vaccinated, but we've heard these stories over the last few years where the vaccination wasn't even covering it or it was given too early or the flu season lasted longer than they thought
3: well, so it, the flu season usually lasts until early to mid-spring, so it's definitely not too early now. And and it's really not a matter of giving it too early. It's a matter of whether it's going to protect you from those specific flu strains. This year's flu shot is supposed to be better than last okay. year. Covering more of the strains. It's certainly not too early now. It was available in late August, early September. So I encourage everyone, if they haven't gotten a flu shot, to get to get the flu shot. It takes a week or two to start having a fact. So the day you're getting your flu shot, you're not protected. So you really want to stay ahead of it and get immunized.
2: You're listening to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. We're on with the one and only celebrated pediatrician, Dr. Nina Shapiro. She's talking about how to keep our kids well this winter season as we come up on the flu season question for you, Dr. Shapiro. We offer Real Talk for real people. We have gotten messages from parents who have said, hey, I'm all about keeping my kids healthy, but seems like when I took the flu shot and they took the flu shot, they got sick. They got the flu. I know from the medical uh, world's perspective, this is an urban myth, if you will. But will you briefly explain that the flu shot doesn't give you the flu? Because there are many people who still believe that.
3: You absolutely cannot get the flu from the flu shot. A lot of people get the flu shot and then they do get the flu. Okay. Part of that could be that they got the flu shot and they're not yet protected. It, again, it takes a week or two to have effect. So they may get the flu because they're not fully protected or the flu shot is not perfect. It's not going to be a hundred percent against all of the strains so you can still get the flu. You, you want to Treat the symptoms if you do get the flu, and then we can talk about what to do for that, but I think that. The idea that the flu shot gives you the flu is incorrect.
2: Okay. So that, again, everyone, that is an urban myth. Um, I think that uh, story, if you will, Dr. Shapiro has been floating around um, from a neighbor or community member to another. Now, uh, speaking of the flu or even head colds or any sort of colds out there, what kinds of symptoms should parents be on the lookout for um, to really try to get a hold of it before things uh, accelerate, rather?
3: So to start with the flu, because we were talking about that, the flu comes on hard and fast. Okay. It's usually a high fever, a miserable kid, no energy to the point where they can't get out of bed. So you want to get that fever down. Having some children's Advil at home in advance is a great sort of thing to have in your arsenal. Okay. okay. Fevers down.
2: Okay, so keep. So really have a fever reducer um, that you feel comfortable with or perhaps talk with their pediatrician, one that they would recommend or suggest, but really when that fever hits, you're saying it's a good idea to make sure that fever comes down.
3: It is. If, you ha- if a child has a fever, they're just miserable, and if you can get the fever down, it's not necessarily going to get rid of the flu, but it'll just make them feel better. They'll have more energy to eat and drink, get out of bed. Um, And and so just to get that fever down as quickly as possible is a great thing. If the fever doesn't come down with uh, the medication, then you really want to give your doctor a call to see if there's something
2: else going on. Okay. And before you leave us, uh, when the winter season comes, or even the fall, what we're in now, it seems like everyone puts everything on the flu. But now tell me very briefly, there is a difference between the flu and perhaps just a bad cold among our kids, right?
3: Absolutely. And for any of us who've had the flu, or if any of us who've had kids with the flu, it is a very different animal, shall we say. Okay. The uh cold cough that kids get, they usually come on slowly, stuffy nose may start, a little bit of a runny nose, and then that leads to something more significant like a like a cough at night, which which could be miserable. Um, but the flu comes on so hard and so fast that it is very different. Kids get colds, they usually last about three or four days. They may be a little bit under the weather, you can give them a decongestant, something like Children's Diamantax, to get their cold under control. The flu is completely different. And again, for anyone who's had the flu, they know that it's not your typical cold or
2: cough. Oh yes, there is a huge difference. And before we uh, get our last information from you, uh, in our younger children, the babies, the infants, those who are under six months, um, I know you would probably agree with other pediatricians that we spoken with that uh, the flu and even a cold, you really want to address that immediately for our young ones, right?
3: Not get the flu shot. So kids under six months want to have everyone around them protected. So if you have an infant at home, And older children or toddlers, you want the toddlers protected with a flu shot. If you have caregivers, you want them protected. And also, if it's a pregnant mom, they can receive the flu shot during pregnancy, and that is safe and recommended. And that gives the infant a little protection as well. But infants with a cold, certainly infants with a fever, you want to give your doctor a call right away.
2: Okay, infant. Thank you so much. Dr. Nina Shapiro with us. We thank you for all of your time and effort. Where can our viewers and listeners go for more information?
3: For more information, you can go to sickjust.real.com. It will give you great information about cold, coughs, flus, and how to get your symptoms under control
2: for your kids. Thank you, Dr. Shapiro. May we all be healthy this winter.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> Have a great one. You as well.
2: Thanks. Well, everyone, and that's it for our exclusive interviews for tonight. What a show. I've learned a lot. Hopefully you have. Check us out next Tuesday night, same time, same place. Visit our website, easy to remember, thornton.com All right, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for everyone listening to us on Replay Podcast. We do appreciate you. We certainly do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I do realize many of you go back and listen through Apple iTunes, all right? So that's a neat way to check us out on our Replay podcast. All right, you know we love great music. The tunes of Stephanie Sanders will close us out and take us home. The song is titled, I Am Who I Am. I had the awesome opportunity of seeing her perform this live a few weeks ago, and wow is all I can say. All right, everyone, we'll chat next week. Keep the conversation going. All content original, copyright 2015 by Paget & Thomas Enterprises, LLC.